Fan text line brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Welcome in on that hotline, though, right now. Jeff Hathorne, he was in the room uh, for Mike Tomlin today, as he is all the time at every availability. Uh, Jeff, good evening. How are you? Hey, Colin. And I stayed in the room. There were no answers that I got that made me get up and leave. I stayed there the whole time. The whole time. Didn't storm out. None of it. Nope. Nope. So it is what it is. Um, What kind of footing? Because this has been hotly debated on social media. I I think it's sort of unsteady. Some people are coming at me real hard and say, no, it's firm. What kind of footing is Kenny Pickett on going into next year? Well, I I believe, Tom, in that they go into the season with him as the starting quarterback. But I also believe that whomever the new offensive coordinator is, and it's going to be somebody from the outside, is going to have his thoughts. And if um, you know if things look differently, if they bring in someone that really competes hard against him, um, I, I think that player would have an opportunity depending on how it starts. But I do believe that regardless, barring injury, I think Kenny will start game one because I think another thing we found out is What's preseason? I mean, we went out of the preseason this year where a lot of us did thinking that this was going to be a dynamic offense. And uh, it wasn't but 60 minutes into the regular season where we realized uh, it wasn't. Is Mason Rudolph, are there fences fences that would need to be mended for him to even consider coming back here as a free agent? I, I don't know if promises is the word, but I think he would wait to see, you know, okay, who's the who, – is the coordinator going to be? He would want to talk with that coordinator to see what kind of opportunity he would get. And I I think he needs to know that he would go into it while Kenny might be the starter, that he would have a legit chance to battle him for that. It's a really unique situation because if I'm the Steelers and I really want Pickett to succeed, and I think they do, but if I don't want him to have to worry about stuff, I mean, bringing Mason back is like the last thing from at least a public standpoint because the minute he throws his first incompletion, the stadium's going to be chanting for Mason. So it, it's a tough call from a Steelers standpoint, even though when you saw what he did in the last three games, you'd be crazy not to talk to him about coming back. Fan Twitter brought to you by South Hills Kia. Peters Township, visit them at southhillskia.net. Jeff Hathorne joining right now. Mike Tomlin came out pretty early in this uh, in this whole situation and said it will not be someone from in-house who will be the offensive coordinator. Is that because someone told Mike Tomlin that that's the case, or do you think Mike Tomlin arrived at that decision, or maybe a collective? I think it's a collective. I, I what I really got, and, and maybe it's just a tremendous acting job, but being in the room, looking at his face, um, just the way I've seen him handle all kinds of situations over his whole career, uh, he actually seemed like a guy that's been like knocked back, like I, that realizing that he's got some things he's got to figure out. And... Not that he's lost his confidence, but I think he's realized he needs to grow, especially offensively. Like he, he needs to bring in some new ideas. I'm sure some of that's been enforced to him from people above him, maybe even from friends of his. Um, But I, I I really believe that he's been kind of, this one has really hit him of like, okay, maybe I do need some other ideas. I, I can't just rely on, 
people that I know were hiring internally. Like, I, I need some help with NFL offenses in 2023. You know what? I said this to open the show tonight, just after you did the Jeff Capel show. I said, I don't necessarily think it was a come-to-Jesus moment, but I think for the first time, Mike Tomlin understands where his approval rating is in this city, and it's as low as it's ever been. Yeah, and and I don't think he's necessarily driven but I, by that, but I agree with what you're saying. I, I think we're saying the same thing, and, you know, he knows. I mean, he's aware. He, he knows what's being said. He knows... Um, not, not that he lives and dies by it, but he knows what's going on. Plus, I mean, he realizes, I mean, the last couple of years, they've been what 28th and 25th in, in points scored on the offensive side. I mean, it's been bad and you know, he's had a bad coordinator or at least one that didn't fit here. And he needs somebody that's better than all due respect to Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. He needs somebody better than that. There's some good candidates out there. Uh, if he's if they're able to convince them to come because these candidates are going to get options with teams that have you know better quarterback situations, better offensive situations. Um, but I think there are some guys out there that really could bring some new life to this offense. He tried to play it off like Najee Harris's words didn't surprise him, and it's a rolling referendum every year on culture. But I took it as Najee Harris's words actually did surprise him. Where did you take that? How did you take that? I don't maybe surprised him a bit, but I think it's another revelation that, okay, maybe this way that I used to allow the veterans to be themselves and police themselves and handle this. I can't do that as much anymore. It's a different group now. And maybe in 17 years, it's a different kind of rookie and first and second year player. It's a different generation. And I don't have the guys in the room with the gravitas to show them their rings and say, this is how we do it here. Because there isn't anybody in the room that does, that has that. And, you know, Allen Robinson can talk all he wants, and I think he's a good leader, but you think George Pickens looks at him like, who the hell is this guy? And, or, you know, and even Hayward hasn't – he's won a couple of playoff games, which is better than anybody else, but he hasn't, he hasn't done all of it. And I think that's what the guys before had. I mean, Roethlisberger is whatever you, any of us want to say about him. The guy won. So if he were to say something, these guys know that he won a couple of Super Bowls. Like, he's been there. He's done that. Uh, and I think that carries more weight, and they don't have that in the room. And I think Tomlin realized that maybe I need to be a little firmer uh, than I have been in the past. I think there were two Tomlinisms in there when they talked George Pickens. I think he said his arrow's pointing up, but there's a lot of meat left on that bone, if I'm not mistaken. So where we all know where he is as a player. Where is he and where do they think he is most importantly, I think, on the maturation scale? Is it headed in the right direction? The last four, I thought the last four weeks was an example of what he can be. And not just on the field, but off it. I mean, when he wasn't targeted in that last game, he took it like a champ. He was out there blocking. Even in the playoff game, uh, even though he did complain about the officials after the game, uh, I thought he handled that. I mean, you didn't see him freaking out on the sidelines, making it about him. It was about the team. Uh, Whatever the conversation was with Tomlin after the Indy game, with his teammates after the Indy game, with his buddies or whatever it was, he does seem like a better guy. The issue is now it's kind of like, you know, you have this kid in, in school, in high school, and you think you've got him figured out, then they goes away for three months and is around his friends, and you got to teach him all over again. 
that's what you worry about George. Like, now is he going to hang around a whole bunch of guys that are going to tell him he can do nothing wrong? So when he comes to camp, it's going to be something you're going to have to relearn with him? Hopefully not. Uh, but you can't, can't argue that the guy did show a lot more maturity in the last four games of the season. Now, D'Amico Ryans has done this with his offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick. Is Mike Tomlin, at least by all accounts, is he ready to get somebody who's young, who's an up-and-comer, and hand him essentially the keys to half of that building and say, you run that, I'll run this, and we'll figure it out together? You're in that building every single day, Jeff. Can he yield and cede power to essentially 50% of his operation? I think he can. I, and I think to an extent he did with Haley. I think to an ex- extent he did with Arians for a while. Um, you know, he's a defensive guy. If any coordinator has to worry about Mike Tomlin coming in the room a lot, it's, it's Terrell Austin or whoever the defensive coordinator is if it's not Terrell this, you know, after this season. Uh, I, I do think he would allow them, especially now, again, I, I do believe in this, him being humbled, but he's got to trust whoever that is. And, you know, there, there are some really good – I mean, Kellen Moore is a really nice candidate, guy who did some crazy stuff. The guy I, I really like is Daryl Bevel. I mean, it would be a step up because he's the QB coach and pass game coordinator with Miami. I mean, he's worked with – I mean, the Miami offense, look at that. Mm-hmm. He's worked with Stafford and Russell Wilson, Brett Favre back in the day. He's got a ton of uh, play-calling experience. He, he fits everything that Tomlin mentioned. Like he's a guy to me uh, that could just step right in. And plus, there's like 27 Wisconsin players there that would, you know, probably gravitate to Daryl Bevel anyhow, even though they're mostly defensive players. See, I love Clint Kubiak, but one guy I think that's not being mentioned enough, and it all depends on how this ends this season uh, for Baltimore. It, they could pry T. Martin away if it doesn't end well in Baltimore this year. T. Martin's interesting. Randall L. is another guy you, you see a lot about that he's really a, a meteor in coaching ranks. The, the players really gravitate to him. The only thing with, you know, with that is he doesn't have the play-calling experience. I, I think they need someone at this point that has play-calling experience. And what you would love to combine it with is to do like what Miami did. They brought in an offense coordinator – and they brought in Bevel as a QB pass game guy. Like, that's what I think needs to happen with the Steelers. They need some more bodies on that coaching staff. So bring in an, an offensive coordinator and then find one of these young guys to, to be hopefully someone that's worked a lot with quarterbacks, and you bring them in as a QB pass game guy. So you almost get two coordinators for one, and you help boost that offensive staff, which obviously needs some help. Did you read it the same way I did? He went out of his way and could have named anybody, any of the 50, 100 guys really that are around, and he felt the need to name Fryermuth today so that it may bode well for his contract moving forward? Yeah, you would think that, wouldn't you? Um, and he's going into the final year of his contract, and we talked to him the other day, and he's like, oh, I don't know. I mean, we, have, we haven't had those conversations yet, which is probably true. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that did uh, that did bode well for him, and – I, you know, he's not a, a huge rah-rah. He's more of an example guy. You know, the thing with Pat that you, you always hold your breath with is, you know, being able to stay on the field for 17 games. But I do think there is there is interest. And, yeah, I agree with you. He, he could have named a lot of other people. And 
you know, he picked out Fryermuth. We talk all the time about the sexy positions, right? And we talk about the receiver, we talk about the quarterback, we even talk about the guys on the edge on defense. Are I'm entrenched and still at the place where I think they have to draft the center no matter what. Where are you right now? Yeah, center is definitely a position that I'm I I think tackle is an option. Um, and I'm, I'm talking about throughout the draft, but mm-hmm. center is something where I'm, I'm looking first couple of rounds. Uh, yes, I, I, I like Mason Cole, the person, but his contract's going to be up after next season. If even if he were to stay around and if you wanted to, you know, slow, let do what you did with Porter or Benton or any of those guys and kind of slowly or, or Broderick Jones and slowly work them in while you still have an experienced guy. Yeah. I think center would be would be high on that list. I mean, they've passed famously now. I mean, we look back at the list of some of the guys they passed on and how well they're doing with their teams. Yeah, center would be – center is on a list of a few players or a few positions where they need help in the draft. I'll ask you the same question I asked Mike DeFabo when I talked to him a little bit earlier. Uh, all the things that are going on and everything that's happened end of season, Mike Tomlin walking out of the press conference, are we missing the fact – because there's just not enough – there's so much news out there – that Joey Porter Jr. may have been put in a concussion protocol by a terribly dirty hit? Yeah, and I I agree with – I think if it's a little different scenario and there's not as many coaching questions, I, I I hate that. I mean, you see that, though, in today's game where offensive linemen go in late and try to push the pile, and it's a legal thing. I don't think that the Bills linemen tried to – to injure Joey, but it is something where if, if someone's in that position, why is another player allowed to push them forward? And I think that you could stop that by outlawing the tush push and just make it so you can't push other guys forward. And that, that could get rid of what we saw in that play. It's unfortunate, man, because Again, I don't think the Bills player was trying anything dirty, and you see that a lot in, in today's game where, where guys just come up and try to push people forward. And I, I think if you make that a, a penalty, then maybe you take any of that those possibilities out of play. Last thing, and I'll, I'll leave you with this, with this question. You've been to probably just about every press conference that Mike Tomlin has ever had, or at least every one you've been available for, which is 95% of them. When people say he was different today in that room, was he different to you? He was different to me um, in the things that we discussed. I, I, I think he's been humbled uh, by this year and maybe the totality of the not having the playoff wins in the last seven years. Uh, and I think he's realized that he hasn't had it all figured out. Um, doesn't mean he's lost confidence or he doesn't think he can do it. But I do think he was humbled, and I think today was another example, especially if you're a national guy and you just watch it and you think, my goodness, this was what a performance. Um, what Listen to what this guy is saying. Like, I get why those national guys get enamored with Tomlin because of press conferences like that. But I do think this was different. Like, there are times where, you know, he's just he's just telling us what we want to hear or you know that, Let's be honest that he's lying. I think today there were there was a time or two where he, you could see the emotion in him, and he kind of slowed his speech or he paused for a second. Like 
I think this has been a uh, an eye-opening experience. And, man, he's also got to know he's got to get – there hasn't been another coaching hire he's made in his 17 years that are more important than this offensive coordinator hire. Great stuff. Jeff Hathorne, as always, I appreciate it. We will talk soon, get some sleep, and back at it in the snow tomorrow, Jeff. Thanks, Colin. All righty. There he is, Jeff Hathorne, all over everything. Uh, we'll dive back into Tomlin, that's for sure. I'm going to give you a tutorial on what to do when you wake up and there's a bunch of snow as well. We'll get into that. Your calls on the Steelers next. Join Doug Whaley at 93.7 The Fan, all of Familia, Blue Pearl Cigar Lounge, as we host a great night of cigars, fun football talk, too. Uh, it's Monday, January 29th, 6 to 8 p.m. You get dinner, cigar, drink, and your specially priced ticket, just $93.70 plus tax and gratuity. Only 25 tickets are available for a very exclusive event. Call the restaurant and join Doug and 93.7 The Fan, a la familia, Blue Pearl Cigar Lounge, 412-488-1440.